So, there has been this lifelong question as to whether or not humans are inherently born good or evil. And nobody's really been able to prove it in a concrete way. I mean, I would generally think that people would prefer to have their kids born with positive traits and morals rather than negative ones. But the idea that I'm looking into is whether or not we are actually programmed with one side or the other. I'm talking before we as infants even begin our learning process through, you know, our parents and families and whatnot. And so the concept behind this is simple. Are we pre-programmed in some way? Now, the closest that psychologists, philosophers, and researchers have come to trying to attempt to find a conclusion on this subject is by actually studying the behavior of babies. The premise behind studying the actions and the behaviors of babies is because of the fact that babies have essentially little to no influence from the culture that we live in today. There's no cultural influences because they're too fucking young. They have no friends and they haven't been able to go to school or they haven't been able to read any books yet. They can't even control their own bowel movements when they have to go take a dump. So it would only make sense that their minds are as close to being innocent as one could humanly be, right? There are no outside forces coming in. But before I go on, just keep in mind that there is one problem with this type of experiment, and that is the fact that babies don't know how to speak. They don't know any language other than that of which they demonstrate through physical actions and emotions. But through observation, we can learn as much as we can from them by observing things like what they reach for or how long they like to look at certain things, which means that they're inherently more interested in something the longer they observe stuff. Now, a study at Yale University came to the conclusion that even the youngest human beings tend to have a sense of right and wrong, and even more so, they tend to have an instinct to prefer good over evil in general. What this experiment also found is that even at the most infant of levels, babies believe that it is part of human nature to believe in other minds, to support other minds. Now, this was all done through experimentation. But I want to point out that this experiment doesn't conclude or settle the debate of human nature. Far from it, actually. But it does bring us one step closer. What it does show is that even in our developing stages, though, we have the ability to make sense of the world in terms of motivations and have a basic instinct to prefer friendly intentions over malicious ones. And that's a pretty uh, big breakthrough because adult morality is partly founded on that premise alone. Now, this is what I find very interesting about what the philosopher Socrates has written on this subject, and that is that even when humans conduct or orchestrate actions that end up being bad or evil towards their target, the overall goal is to seek to benefit and do good for themselves. And so, if you're following what I'm saying on that basis alone, it makes you think that even the most evil of people in this world, with the most evil fucking agendas in their minds, are doing so to positively benefit the outcome of their own goal. Now, as to whether or not that's beneficial for others around it is another conversation entirely. But the notion that people commit evil actions just for the sake of doing evil shit isn't as clear-cut as a lot of people think it is, right? And Even if we scale it down to a much smaller example, let's just say a bully sees some kid on the street riding a bike and he decides to push that kid over and make him fall off his bike and possibly injure himself. The bully is doing it for the sake of what they view to be perceived good, whether it's for entertainment or because of some kind of internal insecurity that the bully has. And so Socrates, the philosopher, maintained this view that people never willingly want to bring harm to themselves. 
He also believed that the lowest type of human beings were those who lived under the delusion that doing wrong benefited them. He believed it to the point where he couldn't be convinced otherwise because he felt, through his reasoning, there is nothing to argue about in that sense. And that the person who gets away with doing wrong to others for so long, even at years at a time, is actually the most terribly harmed of all humans. And that doing injustice diminished their character even more as a human being. He saw it as being that the only harm done in life is that through our own wrongdoing. Even in scenarios that seem to contradict Socrates' belief, if you look into it, only confirm his belief even more. Why? Because they're just more severe examples of the human instinct to benefit themselves guided by pure fucking ignorance. His philosophy ultimately came down to the idea that if all wrongdoing harms the wrongdoer, and all people make decisions only to benefit themselves, then all people who commit acts of evil are doing it through ignorance and not through the actual will to do wrong for the sake of just doing wrong. Now, if we look at another philosopher, Aristotle, and what he believed, that's a bit of a different story. His perspective is pretty different in contrast to Socrates, but it's just as interesting. So Aristotle believed that people knew what was right, but just lacked the strength to do it. He believed that there is such thing as moral weakness, where people know what is wrong, but simply lack the strength to do any fucking good. He stood by this very strongly because of his proposition that when moral weakness reinforces a set of priorities that contradicts better knowledge, ignorance is not bred through a lack of knowledge, but through the temptations of weaknesses that forces the wrongdoer to embrace moral inferiorities right? And so the end result comes down to the fact that the morally weak person believes that some things are more important for them than others and acts according to their own personal agenda. But then we have to define the use of the word evil. We got to define it. And that's definitely an interesting one to talk about because to have this predisposition that evil is separate from wrongdoing is definitely something that's up for debate. And the whole concept of the word evil is in fact very similar to the whole idea of wrongdoing. They're pretty much one and the same, doing wrong and doing evil. Now when we speak of evil, we only use it in connection with harmful human behavior and that is because this is the only way that we can actually recognize it. Think about it, right? If a behavior does not cause any harmful wrongdoing to someone, then do we as a culture and society classify that as evil? No. We don't. What we really have to focus on is the ability to recognize what is truly evil. And so the identity of evil is not increased or decreased based on how intense any variation of harm could actually be. Only the behavior that originates from this train of thought can identify evil as a source in and of itself. I mean, Socrates believed that wrongdoing is evil because it is born of ignorance and fear, not because of the intensity of the different levels of harm. Right. So what he's pretty much saying is whether it's, you know, a tornado comes and hits a certain town, whether it's one tornado or 50 tornadoes, the definition is the same. It's still harm. It's still evil. It's still wrongdoing. And the advantage to looking at it this way is that we as a people don't need to wait for a freaking truckload of harm and evil to come our way in order to realize that it's evil. Right. I mean, big or small, we'll understand that it's evil nonetheless. But Something else that is equally as important is the nature of human evil. And we don't need religion or some kind of mythical story to understand this concept because people commit wrongful acts all the time. And so it's really not that difficult to observe it because it goes on every day of our lives all around the world. What we have to understand is the structure of our own self 
interest and why that leads to committing evil acts. We have to understand, okay, our capacity and our ability to reason with ourselves and others because that will give us a perspective on what other people's intentions are and also help us give insights on the people we deal with on a daily basis. If you can figure out someone's reasoning, then you're going to be much better off when it comes to reading characters and understanding how people are and whatnot. And that's especially important for, you know, being in the workplace or working with someone in school on a group project and so forth. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. When we're infants, or even young kids for that matter, we're ignorant in many ways. But because our ignorance at that particular age does not have much knowledge attached to it, we don't even comprehend the fact that we can use our ignorance for evil and wrongdoing. But here's the catch. As we grow older, we realize that as we gain more power in life, okay, we can utilize that ignorance, which was once innocent, and we can harness it in ways that aren't always beneficial to others around us all the time. And so one way to solve this is that we need to learn to allow, allow knowledge to influence our behavior far more than just acting on pure use of ignorance. It's like how corporate entities, for example, harm the environment for the sake of short-term profits, but they don't realize that if they put some knowledge into that ignorance that they have, they can actually make more money in the long term while also benefiting tons of people around the world in many different ways by simply applying intellect and reason. But their ignorance deflects that. You could say that some are even ignorant about being ignorant, if that makes any sense. Now, another ideal example would be the Nazis. If you look at it perspectively, okay, same way you're kind of looking at a map, you'll notice that in the long term, the Nazis actually harmed themselves in ways that were much worse than the harm that they inflicted onto others. But to be on either end is tragic. It's a terrible thing. I'm not disputing that. Because the question then becomes, would you rather suffer greatly because of the lack of justice and virtue, right? Or would you rather cause people to suffer greatly because of your own lack of justice and virtue? So is it worse to do wrong or is it worse to suffer wrong? Now look at everyone in your life who you know has done tremendous amounts of wrong towards each other. Look at it from a long-term perspective. Apply that same ideology and train of thought here. If you examine it carefully enough, you'll notice that they actually suffered more from the repercussions of their own actions than the people that they actually harmed, right? The people that did the harm suffered more than the people that they ended up harming. And so when we look at things from an ultimately long-term perspective, we'll come to realize that evil always paves the way in small forms or variations before it comes in a much larger wave of itself. And a lot of what I discuss in this episode cannot be learned through schools, but it can only be learned through the overall human experience of life. And although many will understand what was said, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've gone through what was talked about, and that's more than okay. But I have to point out the difference so that people see that this is long-term. Ultimately, if we want to live well, we have to learn to live in accordance with the best of our own understanding. Okay? So even in the business world, you'll find that to be completely true. Those who are in business with pure ignorance create problems for themselves down the road. And those who are in business with more reasoning and self-reasoning and understanding of one another and self-understanding tend to survive the longest and make money the longest with little to no consequence over the course of their careers. And you'll find this to be true particularly uh, practice, sorry, practically 100% of the time, 
right? And if you don't believe me because you claim to know someone who's, you know, purely ignorant and you say, ah, they've gotten away with shit their whole lives and they've gotten off scot-free in their careers, I say this, you don't know what those people have went through behind the scenes well enough to understand that this principle is not just philosophy, but it's based on thousands of years of human experience. And so, to skip through all of the examinations of life and to skip through the contemplations, it's important to understand that, like I've mentioned in my episode about karma, which I'll be releasing shortly, good or bad derives directly from our minds. And the psychology behind that is evident. Even, even when we are just infantile and when we are just newborn babies. Because self-reasoning and self-understanding goes a lot farther than any other kind of ideology that encompasses greed and wrongdoing and poor judgment at the end of the day.